there are people and things and places and communities that have built you into who you are, but that mm -hmm. doesn't mean you need to continue to carry them with you. Welcome to the Becoming Future You podcast, where it's all about you. I'm here to help you figure out who you are and what you want out of your life. What are your special gifts? How do you impact others? What does living a great life look like for you? The answers are inside of you, and we're going to unlock them together. It's time to become future you. I'm your host, Mel Jolly. Let's get to work. All right, I'm so excited today because I have my friend and uh, former student slash coaching client, Mary Farmer on the podcast today. Mary, how are you? I'm doing really well, actually. It's a uh, kind of a gross day here in the Philadelphia area, but it was beautiful yesterday. So it's supposed to be again tomorrow. Spring slash summer coming. Yeah. Um, I wanted to have you on, Mary, because it's been two years. Uh, you took my course at the beginning of 2020 and mm -hmm. you were the first person to sign up and you had been messaging me for several weeks beforehand and you're like when are you going to open it when are you going to open it when are you going to open it well, but it goes back further than that because you know i'd been going through some stuff in my life and our mutual friend um had said oh well you know mel teaches a class that would be perfect for all of that i was like oh yeah that sounds like exactly what i need so I, then i contacted you and when, when can i sign up when can i sign up <laughs> <laughs> it was great because it really spurred me to get things open <laughs> And oh, good. <laughs> so what what had been going on that made you feel like it was the time to take and the, the course that you took was called Unlock Your Five Star Future. And it's really designed to help you figure out what you want out of your life. And I'm sure that's how our friend pitched it to you. But what what was going on that you felt like you needed to do some exploration? Well, I mean, uh does it count as a midlife crisis? I don't know. I had just, I mean, really, it was just, I had reached a boiling point with a lot of things in my life that had been going on for my entire life. Uh, you know, things, things going back to my childhood that were unresolved or semi-resolved mm -hmm. and then being in a career where I wanted to be, but feeling like I had gotten past that sort of initial, hey, look, this is a novelty. Isn't it cool that I'm a full-time stay-at-home author to sort of like, oh, this is my life now. So how do I organize it to stay engaged in my life? And um, going back to the whole thing with childhood, I had some family issues I had to resolve and, and people who did not necessarily need to be in my life anymore or taking up so much rent in my head. Um, but a lot of stigma involved with doing what was best for me as opposed to yeah. doing what I thought I should be doing. I, I, as you know, Mel, I used the word should a lot. <laughs> you know, I should feel X, Y, Z. Well, I should be doing X, Y, and Z. It should be like this. Um, right. Yeah. You, you beat the should out of me. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to keep that as a testimonial. Okay. <laughs> that video clip. We're, that's gold. So, <laughs> so you mentioned uh, a couple of things. One, that you were already doing a career that you loved. Yeah. And sometimes the dream that people put on hold is their career. But for you, that was not really the case. No, no. For me, I mean, I, I've, I'm a writer. I have been writing since I was 10 years old in third grade and was so eager to have a creative writing assignment when I got to school. And then this little voice said to 10 year old Mary, you know, you don't have to wait for somebody to give you a creative writing assignment. You could just write something. Uh, and the rest is history because I did, I, I've, I've been writing since I was 10 years old. And then when the whole advent of self-publishing came into being, I was like, yes, that is what I want to do. That is what I'm here to do. And it's what I've been doing since September of 2009. Oh, wow. Um, so you're at this is your going to be your 13 year anniversary. Yeah. And um, I've been a full time writer since I think that was 2015 when I was let mm -hmm. go from my job. <laughs> and um, that boy, is that a story? Um, let go is 
being nice to my former employers. <laughs> um, but that that whole thing was, it was like, we did not get along. An opportunity for them to let go of me arose. They took it. And, but I got a severance package and they said, if you apply for unemployment, we will not contest the claim. So I made up my mind right then and there. I was like, that's it. I am never going to work for anybody else ever again. I am going to be a writer. And it was for like, that was January of 2015. And then for like the next year of my life, it was like, that's it. Write or die. I am going to make this career a success. But as you will notice, that was 2015. And here we are now, or, or when we first started working together, 2020. So that's five, five years on from making this big life-changing decision. It got past the point of, woohoo, look at me. I'm doing it. I'm living the dream. I'm doing what I want. And um, it was sort of like realizing at a, a combination of things at the same time that there is no, there is no final destination Mm -hmm. in living your life and achieving your dreams. We talked about this a lot in uh, coaching that it's like you get to the top of one mountain. Yes. And then you look at it and there's another mountain. Oh, okay. Or as we've learned for further coaching, there's like multiple mountains. In which, <laughs> which path am I going to take to climb the next mountain? And yeah. what does that even mean? And um, I mean, my, my expression might look dire when I say that, but I actually, it's actually really exciting. So learning oh, okay, so I achieved this dream. Is it still my dream? Okay, yeah, it is. Uh, but is this particular aspect of it still my still my dream? Okay, well, I could tweak that a little bit. But really realizing, because when one aspect of your life falls into place, you start to be able to see, oh, hey, wait a minute, maybe these other ones aren't as in place as I thought they were. Yeah. And yeah. I, I had issues with the people around me. Um, and when I say that, I mean family members, mm -hmm. but I also mean the community that I was raised in, which is a very unique community. And um, just realizing that there are people and things and places and communities that have built you into who you are, but that mm -hmm. doesn't mean you need to continue to carry them with you once you've become five-star future you or <laughs> or half-star future you, you know, I'll get there to five eventually. <laughs> well, and sometimes I think um, what was great for you was, yes, you had this one area of your life that was going so well. And, and part of that was you were looking for the next challenge in there. You, you had achieved this dream and certainly not anywhere close to the end of your life and going, Oh, Oh, okay. I guess I'm allowed to have another dream still in the same area or tweak this dream of, so you were already a stay at home full-time writer, but then what does the next level in yeah. that area look like for you? But also one of the things that I really work with people on, and this is not unique to you. This is everybody. They usually come to me for one reason and they're like, I really want to make this thing better. Well, when you get into my course, the first thing we do is we do a full life evaluation. Yeah. And I make you give uh, every area, these these 11 or 12 different areas of your life, like family and friends, romantic relationship, giving and volunteering, self-care, health, all these different areas, a one to five star rating. And usually what happens, the thing that you came to me for is, is actually pretty good. And then you find that there's this other area of your life that's like, Oh, actually, yeah. my relationships maybe aren't <laughs> what I envisioned for the best version of my life. Yeah. Well, and but and and not only that, like I think so. Gosh, it's been about two years that we've been working together, and I've had God, within that time like two or three times where something has just come out of left field and changed the entire equation. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, who would have thought? that my health would be something that I would be so concerned about because I, I've always considered myself super healthy. Yay. You know, I take, I eat well, I exercise, I take good care of myself. And then my gallbladder nearly exploded back in right. November. And it really made me reassess everything because like, so here was an issue I didn't know was an issue until suddenly I'm having emergency surgery and the surgeon comes out and says, your gallbladder kicked my ass. <laughs> which is hilarious. But then I spent four days in the hospital and six weeks 
recovering and like way longer than people usually do for this kind of surgery because mm -hmm. it was it was infected badly and that just makes you stop and think well what else is going on and and what led, led to this happening and am i really taking care of my health the way that i think that i should and then for me because this has been our mo more recent thing mm -hmm. that we've been talking about um so maybe for me, my health is not okay. So I do, I exercise and I eat really healthy, but my self-care routine and doing things like relaxing, like what is that? <laughs> and you know, so I like I, the way you say that too, like relaxing? Uh, like okay. paying attention to the amount of stress I am holding in my body. And then, <laughs> oh, maybe I really should be having a massage every other week mm -hmm. not because i'm a fancy rich person but because that's like taking care of your body it's like yeah the equivalent of brushing your teeth but you know in terms of working together it was one of those things where it was not on my radar of things that i thought would be what i need to get my right. life in order and it just sort of came out of nowhere and suddenly it's like oh but i see how this fits into the the grander picture i mean literally i oh i see how it affects my career mm, when yeah. my health it when i when i'm able to keep myself more relaxed and oh mm -hmm. i see how it affects my mental state when my muscles are not all clenched up and tense and oh, I see how it affects my relationships with people who I truly value in my life and who value me if I let go of some of the shoulds of the past and the people mm -hmm. who were formative to me but are not continually useful, if that makes sense. Yeah. Everything's connected. Yeah. All the different areas you had us fill out in the five-star future you chart, they're all so intrinsically connected way more than I thought at first. Yeah. And I love, uh, okay, so self-care has been one of the things that you have been working on lately. Can you explain a little more what it took though for you to finally go, okay, so you're saying how you feel affects your career and we know your career is really important to you and it affects your relationships. But one thing that you didn't mention <clears throat> that I know from our coaching sessions is how if somebody will explain self-care to you in a way that that clicks in your brain like with massages what was it that made you go okay this actually has to be important it's is it like eating healthy which i think is something that i want to do for my health well it ironically so we've been doing this little pandemic thing that has kind of impacted our lives a little bit <laughs> before the pandemic i had booked a cruise it would have been would have been my first cruise ever i'd never been on one it was supposed to sail march of 2020. obviously that was canceled but they they rescheduled it and it finally took place at the end of february just a couple of weeks ago mm -hmm. and i decided you know this is my first vacation in three years i'm going to be extra special i'm going to go to the spa i'm going to get a massage i'm going to get a facial i'm going to get a haircut and um being in a situation on this cruise where, so I had this massage and then the massage therapist explained to me um, after she told me that she knew who I was and has read, have read my books, which is really <laughs> awesome. Um, that, oh, so these knots in your shoulders are buildups of acid. And if you're not careful about working them out on a regular basis, they'll start to calcify and then you can end up with arthritis. She hit me with science, man. It was exactly <laughs> what I needed. And I went, yeah, so I need to not let the acid build up into calcium deposits that give me arthritis because I'm a writer. I need my shoulders in order to continue to write. And um, couple that with just the fact that I was on this cruise and the way my body felt from being in a vacation setting mm -hmm. uh, in the Bahamas, which, yeah, okay, it's the Bahamas, but the, the level of sunlight mm -hmm. in the middle, at the end of February, suddenly I was closer to the equator and I was really conscious of the amount of sunlight. And um, I th thought to myself, oh, this is like, this is a measurable way that my mood and my body is improving. 
you, I could look at it from another point of view and say, look at me being all fancy and going on a cruise to the Bahamas and getting massages. But I was like, no, no, no. You know, you can't discount taking a, a moment to give yourself that self-care or relaxation. Relaxing is physically important to the body. Mm -hmm. And um, having not been on a vacation in three years, I had forgotten how that feels. And um, <laughs> of course, again, it was... Mary from three years ago who who planned this whole thing for her future Mary to discover but it was just it was like again I'm really big on people explaining the why of things to me I always I if I don't understand why I'm doing something then it's 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 not going to sink in for me mm -hmm. but just this one massage therapist on this cruise, just just doing the whole, it took her 30 seconds to say this. And I was suddenly like, oh, there is a physical effect to not relaxing that is negative to our overall health. And my brain, my creative brain and my emotional brain and all that felt so much better after coming back from the cruise, both in terms of being in the sunlight and then breaking the cycle of stress and um, thought that I had been in, particularly after recovering from surgery mm -hmm. during the winter, which is never a great time for me anyhow. Um, the way that I felt when I got home was just like, oh, this is why it's important to do these things. I had the why. This is why it's important to take vacations. This is why self-care is important. And I've been very lucky that the weather for this past week in my area has been good because I've been going outside and staying in the sunlight because I learned this lesson on this cruise that, oh, hey, being outside really helps me. Mm -hmm. And um, that's it's just one example of something that you could take on a much bigger scale of like for me, like when I stumble across something like, oh, this has made a demonstrable difference to how I feel physically, to how I feel mentally, to how I feel emotionally. I need to consci be conscious of that and then do it more. Yeah. It sounds so simple, but how, how often do we just be like, oh no, I don't have time for this. I just have to work. Exactly. Work. Yeah. Um, and, and for you, I think it's so important because what you did here was you connected it to the thing that you naturally want to put a high priority on. You want to put a high priority on your creativity and mm -hmm. on being a writer and on your career. And those are all part of your identity. Yeah. For somebody else, their why as to why they need to do self-care or why they need to take care of their body, take care of their health. It might be a totally different why, but like for anybody listening right now, ask yourself, where do you naturally put your priority? Is it in your career? Is it in your family? Is it in something you do in the community? Think about where your priority naturally goes and then you work it backwards and you connect the thing you know you you would benefit from doing. So Mary, in your case, it's the self-care, it's the massages and um, sunlight. We know that sunlight's super important for you. So connecting those things to where you naturally put your priority is going to make it so much easier for you to do it. So you know that in order to be a better writer, you need to rest, you need to relax, you need to get the knots worked out of your shoulders. So now you're going to go, okay, well, now those are non-negotiables for me. I have to mm -hmm. make time for those things. Just like I make time to eat dinner. Yeah. It well, puts and, it in a whole different category. But, it, and, and well, that's absolutely true that the, the everything like that connects and you have to make sleep is a different, is another thing that I know is really important for my mood and therefore my productivity. So, you know, you have to make time to go to bed when you go to bed at night, which is really early for me, even if people <laughs> make fun of you for being in bed at seven o'clock with a book, but it, it, you know, one size does not fit all in terms of the things that we need to do, but it's, I've learned it's really important to just pay attention to those things that really work for you and the things that you need. Um, I've, I've known for most of my life that if I don't get a good night's sleep, it's like not good for me or the world around me. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it, it's sort of, it's sort of like mindfulness in terms of 
like existence because you know i feel like when people talk about mindfulness they're often talking about your breathing mm -hmm. but like mindfulness in how you as an entity move through the universe and yeah. what, what affects that course and then not saying oh well that's just that's not important i shouldn't really feel like that's important well and noting noting how you feel so you've noted how how sunlight makes you feel how it makes your body feel how it affects your mood and there have been other things. I know that you've known sunlight was important to you for yeah. way, way since way before we started working together. But there have been other things that you've discovered along the way that you've said, oh, okay, this gives me a positive feeling. And then starting to connect it to, okay, how does that make me show up positively in these other areas of my life? While meanwhile, that little voice that we all have, the little should voice says, well, I shouldn't do that because that's for other people that's not for me that's for rich yeah. people that's for people who have more time on their hands for people who do have kids don't have kids whatever we 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 start putting ourselves in a box and talking ourselves out of it but the important part is first noticing oh that makes me feel really good i'm allowed <laughs> to feel really good feeling well, good is great but in, and, and for me, a lot of that had to do, again, with my childhood and my past and where I came from in terms of, um, like, being one of the successful popular people. That, well, that's just not for me. Um, I had that message internally and externally placed on me, but it had been so deeply ingrained. Oh, well, you know, I being like successful and having a lot of people like you and being popular and able to speak up and speak for yourself that's not for you. That's not the role that you've been assigned in this life. It It's so deeply ingrained. And yeah. these things I think happen to us when we're children, especially if, you know, like me, and I know a lot of my friends, we were bullied when we were in school. Um, it's really, really difficult to get away from those voices, even if you don't believe it in your mind, like your mm -hmm. heart has a hard time letting go of it sometime. And the thing that I learned from working with you is like, that's not something you can necessarily do alone mm -hmm. to overcome those things, but that's not a failing. It's just the way it is. And yeah. when you start to accept that um, you need not only a good guide on this path of overcoming these things that are so deeply ingrained, but you need like a community of people who is actually going to support you instead of the ones who, going to use that word again, should support you, but don't. Yeah. Um, those are not the people who you need to keep around you. Yeah. It sounds so simple, but it's really difficult to well, bring that into your life. Yeah. And you have made incredible progress in your relationships as far as moving from should to, okay, what is, what do I want in my life? So can you share a little bit about that? Because as far as the people that I've worked with, I know that relationships is one of the scariest places in your life to make any changes at all. Well, gosh, I could talk about this for hours, but since we don't have hours, um, <laughs> it's scary because you're worried that you're going to end up alone. Um, you, I think you're, you, you, I worry that if I, I know this, this group is not working for me and it's toxic mm -hmm. for me personally, works great for them, what they've got going on. For me, it's toxic. There's that fear that if I say thank you, I appreciate everything that you've done, but I'm I'm leaving now, um, that you're just going to be alone and you're never going to have that support again and you're never going to have that circle of people again. So it's really hard. You know, any relationships are better than no relationships. You get that into your mind. Yeah. But what I've actually discovered is first by strategizing and be like, okay, I do have people who I'm taking with me in my life who are not going to leave me, who are not going to abandon me, who are not going to treat me badly. For me, in my particular case, it's my sister from another mister, my best mm -hmm. friend, and um, a couple other friends. Starting with that, okay, like I've got these people. What, what I discovered, and it's so scary, and you don't, it's like stepping over the cliff and seeing if your wings are going to sprout. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. When you clear out that space that these people were taking up who were who were no longer useful to your life or who were actively harmful to your way of thinking of yourself or the world, the universe brings other people in. Mm -hmm. And I have ex 
expanded the people who are in my world by so much simply by stepping away from the people who are who are no longer really useful to me. I hate yeah. saying that because I don't want to make it sound like they are not useful intrinsically. They are great for themselves and their world and it works for them and they're happy. It's just not the place for me. Yeah. And when you say stepping away, I mean, do you have any strategies or suggestions for anybody who's in a relationship? Um, you know, let's say it's a sibling relationship or a parent-child relationship and it's not they're feeling the should, right? I should love this person because they're a family member. I should love this person because of our history. You know, it, the the best friend who was in your wedding and and you don't even really get along anymore, but yeah. they were in your wedding 30 years ago. How do you well, I, I adjust that relationship? You know, it's it's really difficult. I'm not going to lie and say, that, oh, yeah, just piece of cake. You know, you just go over here and hang out with these people. It's really difficult. But I do think it's important to start by really firmly anchoring yourself in the fact that I have these people. My sister from another mister is my family. She's the one who gives me what it is that I have been seeking from these people who I share DNA with. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then we'll start with the, the, the feeling that I do still have family. Right. You won't um, be alone. I won't be so alone. Tackling that fear. Yeah. So just starting there was really important to me. Yeah. And then just, you know, there's a lot of words that have mean different meanings for different people. Like I'm the word forgiveness is really difficult because, you know, it's like that has, it's such a loaded word for so many mm -hmm. people, but, um, for, for certain of these family members, I'm just like, you know, we are just not a good match. And there is no guarantee that the people who share DNA with you are going to be the best match for you as a person in this lifetime. And um, I have two family members in particular. One of them, I needed to burn the bridge because there was not going to be any understanding coming. And the more that that relationship continued the more hurtful and harmful it was going to be for both of us. So it was kind of an act of forgiveness and an act of mercy to not associate with that, yeah. to really yeah. set boundaries. And I had to be mean, but it wasn't mean if it was just being firm about, look, this is what I need. This is what I expect from you. Please don't cross that boundary, which they did about three times in the last year until I finally got the point home. And the other family member, I'm like, that relationship is totally salvageable, but not right now. Oh, yeah. And it's one of those things where, you know, we don't have to resolve everything tomorrow. Yeah. Assuming we're not going to get hit by a bus tomorrow, <laughs> there will be time for these things to sort themselves out. And the more that you're able to heal and grow and just become who you really are, the better that relationship is going to be when the time comes, when it is right for the two of yeah. us to reconnect again. And it's like, you can't, if you break your ankle, you cannot run a marathon until you let that ankle heal. Mm. And it's a long process of not only letting it heal, but then training to the point where you can do the marathon again. Right. So it doesn't happen within a week or a month or a year. And who knows when this relationship with this particular person in my life will re be repaired, but I right. totally feel like it will. Yeah. So just because, so to go back a little bit, just because you make the decision and the realization these people are not healthy for me to have in my life, that doesn't mean forever. Right. That means I need to give myself a little bit of space to breathe and gather myself in and, and be more of who I need to be before we can all be in a good position to heal relationships yeah. and move forward. Well, and I think, um, okay, so you've got the one person that you just, you multiple times set down boundaries and that person is really not an active role in your life. And then the other person that's kind of, there's some distance, but that relationship is salvageable. When it comes to that sort of thing, I know for me, there have been times that I've had to take a step back and it's been so I can heal. Mm. Um, and this may sound like a weird example, but I was in a band at my church 
and there were some strained relationships in there. And, you know, if you spend a lot of time together practicing and creative people and there's a limited number of solos and blah, blah, blah. Um, I had gotten to the point where I was so raw from the relationships, there was no way I was going to be able to have any sort of productive forward progress with anybody until I stepped back and didn't feel so raw anymore. Yeah. Oh, you know, absolutely. when you get so emotionally raw that like everything for me, I know, I know I'm there when everything makes me cry, everything. And I'm normally not a crier, but everything makes me cry. And I just feel like, tired deep in my soul <laughs> that's the moment when i'm like space i just need space and yeah. so what i did was i took a break i took a break i went back to that band eventually yeah. and was able to have a a good healthy relationship with the other people in it but i couldn't have done that without the three months off that i took like oof well and that's one of the things that um is really hard to wrap your brain around the concept of taking a time out. I mean, yeah. for some reason, I think we feel, or a lot of us do, that we have to be constantly bombarded with whatever the thing it is that we need to overcome. Because if we step back, it's a failure of some sort, uh. which, uh, no, it's called self-preservation. It's called taking a vacation. And you, you you need that time in order to just sort of regroup and reset and feel more in touch with, I guess, your own authentic self and sometimes like your sense of charity towards your neighbor. Because <laughs> my, if you cry about everything, my my when I get overwhelmed like that, I'm just I am angry at everyone and everything. <laughs> everything pisses me off and everything makes me mad. And um <laughs> Again, that 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 goes back to when I was young too. I just I remember an incident when I was in college. I lived um, with my dad for a brief period when I was in college. My parents were separated when I was six years old, but when I was in college, I lived with my dad for a short time. And it was one of those days, and I was just stomping around the kitchen and slamming doors and just being like, <laughs> and, and like my dad's wife was. Oh, and my dad, he looks over at me in the kitchen at one point. And he's like, "Hun, what is wrong with you? And it's like, as soon as he said that, I'm just like, I'm just really tired and I need to sleep. You know, it's like, <laughs> not, I thought, oh, I'm just really tired. So, you know, just me and a three-year-old, we just need to take a nap and we'll be okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's the same thing. When you get overload, it's like the, the, the cycle ramps up and you can't. You, you really need to just step back so that you can like take a, a theoretical nap. You know, yes, yes. In your life so that you can face it again when you have the energy reset. Exactly. Yeah, because you need that. It, and everything takes energy. And we talk about how you have a limited amount that you wake up with every day. Now you can work on building those reserves by taking care of your health and mm -hmm. doing self-care, taking care of your mental, physical, emotional state. Um, but you still have a limited amount of energy and yeah. how much are you going to spend where is always part of the question. And well, so and when it comes to those relationships, if they are big energy suck and you don't get anything back, how much energy do you want to give to that? Well, and, and, you know, it, that's exactly the point. Just think if you're, if you have used up all your energy, but you're, but you're throwing it away on something where you're not going to get, it. I have a, I have a hybrid car now and I can see the little thing. When I'm braking, it tells me how much energy I'm getting back for my car. If you if you give out that energy and that little thing doesn't start like doo -doo -doo -doo, so you're not getting it back. Um, like with with these relationships I was just talking about with the one person who it is salvageable. It, I think it's salvageable because I realized oh, I'm putting more energy into this relationship than I'm getting back, and I can't do that. That's just going to make it worse. Mm -hmm. I can put in as much energy as I am getting back. I just have to stop and think and not feel guilty because I'm not trying harder, and mm -hmm. which is the big thing. Oh my gosh. If, if I tried harder, this person would put more effort and give me more energy back. But that's, that's not true. I right. can't control what's going on in their world. I can't control all the different factors going on in their life going back decades. I can only give as much energy as I know that I can get back because I need my energy for the things that matter. I need my energy for my writing. Trust mm -hmm. me, 
being creative and coming up with stories takes a lot of emotional and mental energy. Yeah. So much. Um, but I need it for my relationships that are working. I need it so that I can give my all to the people who are giving back to me. Yeah. I need it so that I can give that energy to my church. I need it so that I can give that energy to my friends who are going through a difficult time and need me to be able to make them laugh. Mm-hmm. You know, something as simple as that. And if I'm not getting it back from somebody, it's not that I have to shut myself off completely in some cases, except for the one. Um, <laughs> it's just a matter of only only giving what I am getting in return mm-hmm. because that then keeps everybody moving along, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it sounds like you're saying seeking balance yeah, but- in the relationship so that you are, it's reciprocal. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I find over and over when I coach people and we're working on relationships, reciprocity is one of the things that comes up over and over and over and over with multiple people. So I know it's really an important value. Well, and then, but there's like, I feel like there's like the the misunderstanding that I know I have had about reciprocity, which is, um, so reciprocity is we get what we, we put into things. But mm-hmm. there's this myth that if I put more into it, then I should be getting more back from mm. it. And and that's not actually reciprocity. That's just pushing energy at something. Yeah. Um, and that, it took me, what, 40 years to figure out, oh, no, it's reciprocity is not if I put more in, I should be getting more out. Reciprocity right. is, okay, let's work until we figure out where the balance is. And then I need to work on being content with this balance that I have. Would I like more energy from this particular person in my life? Heck yeah. I would love to have a much closer relationship with them. Is it going to happen? Not anytime soon for various different factors. Can I continue to have a good relationship, even if it's not at the level that I would want? Definitely. Can I find that kind of a relationship from somebody else who is willing to give it to me? Absolutely. Yeah. Sister from another. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so it's it sounds like what you're saying is finding the balance for the relationship that you have, but then also still asking yourself, what balance do I want? And that might come from a different person. It's you can't force that in. You can't force that upon somebody else. That's not how relationships grow. Yeah. So. (laughs) Let me I'm ask you because I'm thinking of every time I, I had a crush on a guy in high school or college, <laughs> you can't have a crush on somebody and follow them around looking cute <laughs> and have them actually fall in love with you. What? I learned that a few too many times. That doesn't work. Interesting. <laughs> no. Interesting. No. <laughs> the good life tip. <laughs> so let me let me ask you this. Um, what is something that you would have visualized like two years ago? that you wanted, that you have already made more significant progress on than you would have expected, or perhaps is already true. Because a lot of times when we start to visualize, what do I really want? It seems impossibly far away. Or we get really excited and we start working, working, working. And then three months we're like, I planted those seeds. Where's my apples? And we get really impatient. Where's my apples? I, you know, my obvious answer is my career because where my career was two years ago in terms of the amount of money that I was making each month and the amount Mm -hmm. of like sales I was making and ranking of my books, um, it, it, I had comparison syndrome in a major way. And I was like, well, why am I not doing super spectacularly fabulously making all this money and doing all this stuff with all these mm-hmm. high ranking books. And I was just getting all mad about it. Cause that's, again, that's my default <laughs> reaction is to stop, get all annoyed. Stop, stop, stop. Um, <laughs> and I'm doing two years later, like I say, my career is doing really well. And uh, it wasn't because I was angry to the point that I angered my career into being better. Um, It was because I made some smart decisions because I actually do know what I'm doing. And um, I, as you well know, from things that we've talked about in the past couple of years, Mel, why aren't my seeds growing? I, 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 
made a Facebook ad yesterday. How come I'm not the number one New York Times bestseller for my entire genre today? <laughs> um, but incrementally, step by step, okay, I made a Facebook ad because I figured out how to do that mm -hmm. and what would be an effective way to do it. And through trial and error, okay, well, I played around and experimented with this and and I saw like, oh, an inter incremental pop. Oh, and like, do, it's like, it's not learning that it was not just doing one big thing, which I kind yes. of, for some reason thought I will do the thing and I will be <laughs> the best. But now I'm like, no, it's like, it's little things. It's paying attention to the industry. It's paying attention to what's going on, paying attention to what I want to be writing. What makes yeah. me feel passionate about my writing. And, um, it's sort of like I've been I've been working and, and walking along that path for so long, just like focused on the path so hard that I two years later, I look back and I'm like, damn, I came a really long <laughs> way without realizing it because um, it just it's like I think at one point way back two years ago, I used the example of sitting in a train and looking in the distance at the but the countryside is moving so 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 slowly if you're looking at two miles away out your train window mm -hmm. oh wait if you look really up close you're just speeding along and yes you, know, you can't keep up it's a matter of perspective i was just literally about to say it's a matter of perspective yeah um and it's not so much learning all the things that you have to do to get to the place where you are it's starting to see a sense of perspective and okay, I am actually making progress, moving along. Things are actually going pretty mm -hmm. well, pretty fast. Um, it's difficult when you're an indie author in a, in a industry, in a career that used to literally take years and years and years. You write one book and three years later, it hits the shelves. Yeah. You know, we forget <laughs> that that's how it used to be. Yeah. Um, because we just, I just, wanted everything like right now yeah but then and time has passed really quickly though so you wanted it right now two years ago well now at, at that point in time it felt like it was never gonna come yeah two years is not actually that long of a time for the amount of progress that you've made in your career with all those little steps like you said it wasn't that you discovered the one magic bean to plant to grow your beanstalk and it, I watched Into the Woods the other day, so <laughs> that's where my head's at. But it's not like you found the one magic thing that totally took your career up eight levels. It's just you've learned this, you've learned that, you implemented that, you got strategic. You one one step at a time has made a huge difference in two years. Yeah. Are the tactics that I was using two years ago working right now? No. Okay. Well, what do I need to do to change that? Well, let's do this for now. And again, it's, it's, I mentioned this with my relationships, but it's true with career too. Just because something is, is working or is not working right now, doesn't mean it won't work or not in work future. in the future. Because we, we tend to think only about what's going on right now yeah. and want everything resolved right now. But it's, it's a longer game than that. It's a journey and, you know, enjoying the process as, as we go is always a nice thing to do. Yeah. And I, one of the things that I think is so important is talking about perspective. I talk all the time about the importance of noting your progress. Mm. And the reason I do that is because if we don't, your whole life can go by and you never notice that you have made progress. This is why it's so helpful to have people in your life who will point it out to you. So yeah. you have me, you also have friends in your life who will say, hey, remember two years ago yeah. when this was the thing? And now, wow, look, not only did you overcome that, you've accomplished this, that, and the other thing. I have people in my life who will do that for me. Highly recommend you find somebody. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> align well, your relationships with people who are interested make it a game you know have progress buddies i track all these things on post-its on my wall and it's mostly so that at the end of the year or at the end of the quarter whenever i do it i start going through the post and i'm like oh i did this and i did that and i wrote a book and i published a book and i started my podcast and i what a busy year i had good job yeah. self. 
<laughs> well, and it is, um, especially in a career like being an indie author, I have two friends in particular who we are constantly talking to other each other and sharing information. And um, we, we share, uh, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Proprietary information with each other that we don't share with anybody else yeah. about the career and in, in, in the industry. But I like having them as my friends. And I think it's important for writers to have a very, very tight group of people like that because we not only, we are all at different points in our career um, and we we can be a good gauge for each other on where we all are, but we also yeah. share information and that'll help each other. But without, we're not in competition with each other. We don't have to feel resentful of each other. Although when I have not had enough sleep, I may feel resentful for it because <laughs> that's just what I do. Um, but not for long. If Mary's um, slamming cabinet doors, she needs to go take a nap. That's yeah. what we are learning today. <laughs> but um, but it's really important to have that group of friends who are doing the same thing that you're doing, but who you do not feel as though you are in competition with. Yeah. Because you can learn things from each other. And yeah. But you don't have to do it with, like, because there, there are certain, I'm human. I'll admit there are certain other authors who I've been closely connected with who just they just get under my skin because it's like everything's a competition. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like those are healthy relationships because at the end of the day, it's this business is not a competition because readers can read more than one book. Right. Um, you so. don't say, you don't say. Well, and one thing to note about you talking about this little friend group that you have where you're each at different places in your career the nice thing, whatever aspect of the career it is, I'm sure in some areas, one of you's further ahead or in a different area, different, different ones further ahead. But having people that are at different levels than you, the person who's a little bit ahead of you, that shows you what's possible. Like if she yeah. can do it, I can do it. And the person that's a little bit behind you shows you how far you've come. Oh, hey, mm -hmm. I remember being where she's sitting. So not only do you get the reward of guiding that other person and having all these great interactions and having somebody kind of mentor and guide you, you also get that perspective that yeah. we're talking about from the train window. You look at the grass close up, you look at the, the landscape far away, and you see the different speeds that things are moving at. Yeah. And we all, we were talking about this once and kind of giggling over each of us has one thing that we excel at so well beyond the others, no matter what we're each doing in sales, you know, we, each one of us has something that the others are like, oh man, I would give my eye teeth to have that. <laughs> and they're all very different things. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, like I have one, my one friend is every, every single month she's in Amazon's top 100 authors. Her sales wow. are ridiculous. She's, she's that good. Um, and like, I would love that. But I have made a successful career in two very different genres. And I'm able to juggle both of them at the same time. She's like, oh, man, I wish I could do that with like, <laughs> having two different genres and fans who appreciate both of them, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not quite the grass is always greener on the other side. But it's just, it's really nice to understand that there, there are so many different facets to this particular career. And if you excel, excel at one you always have something to reach for, for another and something to be proud of and something to shoot for at the same yeah. time. It's yeah, exactly. And so much of what we've talked about today has been about getting clarity. Mm. What do you want? What, what, what do you want out of your relationships? What do you want out of your career? What do you want out of your health? So I need to make sure I remember to say that if people go to becomingfutureyou.com forward slash start, you can download the free Becoming Future You Starter Guide where I ask you the questions about these different areas of your life. So if you're thinking, hey, I wonder, are my relationships <laughs> what, what I would like to have? Is my career? There's going to be an area of your life you don't naturally think about. There's going to be the ones that you do constantly have sort of an idea of what you want. And then there's going to be others that you've been completely ignoring. So go download that free guide becomingfutureyou.com forward slash start and fill it out, you know, and start figuring some of this out. So Mary, I have a question for you before we wrap up. Okay. We've been talking, you know, what happened in the past to where present Mary is. If, if five years from now, future Mary were to come visit us, 
what advice do you think she would give you? Oh gosh, probably just uh, stop doubting yourself. Ooh, <laughs> or or like no, no, you re you really were on the right track. Don't don't side don't second guess those things. Don't decide. Uh, maybe I don't want to do that after all. No, just just put your Nikes on and just do it. Yeah. Sounds like have confidence in your, in your choices yeah. and trust your gut. Yeah. Yeah. I just, because, and the only reason I say that is because I look back on high school, you know, late teens, early twenties, Mary, and I would tell her the exact same thing because it's like, I knew what I wanted back then, but yeah. I let myself get sidetracked for 20 years before I did anything. And it's like, man, what would have happened if I, I would have, I would be Julia Quinn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, your but, you know, your series would be on Netflix right now. Yeah, seriously. But um, no, it's just because I knew what I wanted. I just yeah. let myself get sidetracked by yeah. other things. Um, one of which was the belief that, no, that's not possible. Um, and then self-publishing was invented. And I was like, oh, yeah. That <laughs> is possible. So th there may be something that, you know, it's not coming to my head off the top of my head right now that I really want, but I think, oh, that's just, that's impossible. But like, it might not be someone mm -hmm. will invent the technology or somebody yes. will clear the path. Yes. Um, yeah. That's good advice. Thanks, future Mary. Let's keep that in mind. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you sharing your time and your perspective Thanks. and your positive energy. I always like feel so good <laughs> after we talk. We talk every week. And oh, our good. conversations are some of my favorite because I'm always like, I smile through the whole thing and you just have <laughs> such a great energy. So oh. I really appreciate you being here. Well, but again, that's one of those things that I never thought that I would have. And then I just decided to have it. No, it like, like you know, it it comes with feeling like you're in a better place. I yeah. really like leaving people better than when I found them. Yeah, and you do great. <laughs> All right, well, we will talk again soon. Thanks, Mary. See ya. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and got something you needed. If you did, please remember to take a screenshot of the podcast and post it on your favorite social media platform. Not only will it help this growing podcast find new listeners, you also retain new information better when you tell others about it. So make a quick post about today's episode and then take action on what you learned. Remember, if future you is different than present you, that means you're going to have to do something different. If you'd like to get more clarity on who you want to become, Download the free Becoming Future You Starter Guide at becomingfutureyou.com forward slash start.